Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Danny Mack is with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Daniel. How are you? Well, good morning, guys. How are we doing? Everything's good. Hey, i got to start with this because I, I've asked you about this. And, uh, hey, w- w- as we get older, things change a little bit. Is the decompression after a baseball season different for you than it was earlier in your career that has spanned 25 years now? 100%. Um, I'll be honest with you. I... There are times when a, a season ends, and I'm like, man, I, I you know, I wish they would have gone on, but yeah, okay. Uh, it's been seven straight months of, of doing it, and believe me, it's it's the best job if you want to call that in the world. It's not, you know, it's not manual labor. It's not something I don't enjoy. I love it. But this year, I'll be honest, Randy, it was tougher than any. Uh, I didn't want to see the season go. I, I did not want to see the season end, and this one hit me harder than uh, than the others because. I think of the Albert stuff and the Yachty stuff, the fact that Goldie is still to me is going to be the MVP. And for fans that don't know, I'm sure you do, but that voting is done prior to postseason play, and I still think he's the MVP of the league. You're watching Nolan Arenado, who's had just a remarkable start to his Cardinal career. I didn't, I didn't want to see it end. Uh, it was a magical year with all the great moments in the second half. So I've had a little time to kind of reflect on it, to be honest with you, as well, um, on some of the things that – that happened this season with Albert in particular. And um, I said it in the time, and now that I reflect on it, it's just uh, one of those seasons I don't think we're ever, ever going to see again from an individual that has meant so much to the community, the team, and to see him be able to, to come back and have this great uh, send-off. I, I actually was thinking about this today uh, prior to coming on. I mean, Albert's final regular season at bat is a base hit, and same thing happened uh, in, in postseason play. Same with Yachty. Uh, I think about his final home run in talking about pools. He passes Babe Ruth and runs batted in with 7.03 with the home runs. I mean, it's just everything that you could have imagined to go right on a, on a send-off for those two guys in, in many ways went right. And a lot of times it's not the fairy tale ending, as we all know, in sports. It's really tough to have that, but uh, we did have that this year. So long answer to your question. Yeah, decompression happens. And I did tell my wife last night, I said, I'm starting to feel like a human being again a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it was nice. Our, our kids uh, were kind of running around a little bit this weekend, but still got a chance to see them, which is, uh, which is always great. Hey, Danny, how should uh, Cardinal fans feel about the Phillies being in the World Series, and, and how surprised are you that they made it? Oh, Kerry, I knew you were going to ask this. <laughs> and I didn't have a really good answer for you, but um, I, I look at it this way. is you, you get in, you get hot. I mean, they were the last team to, to get in to postseason play of all the teams, American League, National League. They were the last to clinch a spot, and they, they kind of backed in. They won four of their last 11 but still, I think it goes to the greater point of when you're building a team, 
you got to have at least one number one, if not two, that can shut down an opposition because that will make you hot as a team. Now, Bryce Harper is is uh, I, I love watching Bryce Harper. I know he's a villain in a lot of cities, maybe in St. Louis for some fans. I've always loved him. I, I enjoy watching him play the game. I think he's a uh, generational type talent. Um, but you know, I, I think. Cardinal fans, if, if they look at it, it does make you feel a little bit better, but it also makes you think like, wait a minute, they had him on the ropes in game one in a 94% winning percentage or whatever it was, percentile to win that thing, and they didn't. They had that team beat. It makes you think, what if? And those are always tough questions to answer when you're following a team, uh, love a team, or in the front office of a team, you say, what if? And there's a lot of what ifs for the Cardinals after those two games. Hey, Dan, on that Friday morning of Game 1, I said here on the air, hey, the only National League team that's not going to the World Series is Philly. Dodgers, Mets, Cardinals, Braves, uh, who am I leaving out here? Padres, Padres, all, all those five have a chance. The <laughs> Phillies aren't going to the, to the World Series. So I said that, but here's why. The Phillies won 87 games, okay? The year before that, the Reds won 83 and decided to get rid of <laughs> Barnhart, Suarez, Winker, Naquin, Castellanos, uh, and then their starting pitchers, Sonny Gray and Tyler uh, and uh, Wade Miley. The, 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 the Phillies win 87 and go to the World Series. The Reds win 83 and decide to tear everything apart. I think one of the ways to maybe look at that, Randy, is, is if you're from the Phillies' perspective, and, and this is just me looking from the outside in, you say, you know what, we got to 87 wins, and look at the division that we're in. You know, look at the fact that we had to go through Atlanta and New York, and you're going to play them nearly 40 times in the regular season, and we still were able to get to 87 wins. Mm -hmm. The other side of it, too, and and the other thing is, is that that owner spends money. You know, that owner with the Phillies is saying, I'm going for it. And they went out and got Bryce Harper and signed Real Muto to a long-term extension and gave Kyle Schwarber $80 million. Where you look at what the Reds are doing, their mindset was probably just a dump and saying, hey, we, we don't have a realistic chance, so might as well just regroup and retool and rebuild. And that's the, the difference, too, is who's running the show. You know, owners ultimately will dictate what you spend. And three of the biggest spending teams, by the way, are not in the World Series, but these are teams that do spend money. The Reds do not spend money. And maybe that was the mindset going into that, uh, that trade deadline and ultimately the, the final stretch run here. Hey, Danny, what does this offseason look like for the Cardinals? Are they going to spend some money uh, on catcher, shortstop, or, or an outfielder? Well, I think on some of those they will, carry. I, I, I look at the Cardinals. I, I would love to see them get a front-line starter because I think they do have a lot of what-ifs, and there's some really positive what-ifs with their rotation. You know, what if Flaherty returns to being the guy he is? Well, then you have a number one, and you have swing and miss in your staff, which they do not have a lot of. I think they were 29th in that category. Um, I I also looked at, while Kisner and Herrera are fine, um, I don't believe that they're ready to take on the number one role. And so I've got to go out and either be a trade, find myself a veteran catcher, or say that there's a guy out there that I'm willing to spend some money on and bring him to St. Louis. And those two guys, those two positions, at least for me, would be very, very uh, at front, front and center for what I'm doing in my, my offseason. I'm also fascinated where they feel they're at with Jordan Walker. And with that, there's only three spots in the outfield. And so do you get creative then with some of the guys that you have coming back, meaning 
do you include them in a deal? Are they in your plans initially? Are they not? Where is Tyler O'Neill in the mindset of everybody with this stuff? Where are you at with Dylan Carlson? Um, you know, did not hit well from the left side of the plate. I mean, these are legitimate questions that they have that they'll have to answer here in the next three months before we get to spring training. It's hard to believe I said just three months until spring training, but it is three months. It'll be back, and we'll be back in Jupiter. But those are things that I look at. So um, I, I just think that they've got to find a front-line starter. I mean, when, when you look at Philly, and they've got Wheeler, and they've got Nola, they've got two guys that can go out and absolutely shut you down. Houston's got Verlander. They've got others that go out there, and they can shut you down. And I'm not saying the Cardinals don't have that. You know, Michaelis, when he's right, and he had a great year, in my opinion, a very, very good year, he's there. Jack Flaherty, when healthy, 100%, absolutely. I'd match him up against anybody in the league. But these are some of the what-ifs that we're talking about as we move forward and thinking about this offseason. Hey, Dan, I don't remember a time where the Cardinals and I'm old, so and I think you're in the same boat here. I don't remember a time where the Cardinals had a catcher that wasn't a great handler of a pitching staff. Now, we don't get to see Wilson Contreras all the time, but word around the league is, is that he's not a great handler of a pitching staff. So I, I want to ask you, from your perspective, with where baseball is going to be in 2023, is it more important for the Cardinals to get that handler of a pitching staff, get a guy like Murphy from Oakland or Stallings from Miami, or bring in a Contreras and have the offense that he delivers? Certainly there's a, a premium the Cardinals have put on defensive-minded catchers, and that, and that's obvious. I mean, going back to Pags and Daryl Porter, I mean, there, there's some guys that did a really good job with those staffs. Um, Pags was outstanding. He was a gold glover. And that bled into, you know, Matheny and, and, and Yachty now for the last decade. Um, I, I still think, though, that there needs to be some thump in that lineup to surround Arenado and, and Goldie, and maybe that is Contreras. Also, who knows, maybe sometimes these catchers get better with a change of scenery and working with different coaches and a different set of eyes watching them. That's always something to think about, too. I, when any player changes a team, um, you know, the other thing, too, is what I'm, what I'm trying to figure out, guys, is why wasn't he traded at the deadline? Why? I mean, there are teams that needed catchers, and everybody thought he's gone, including himself and the Cubs fan base, and yet he's not traded? Mm-hmm. What, what am I missing here? So maybe there's something there that we're not seeing, and maybe, Randy, to your point, it's defensively. Is it behind the scenes? Maybe there's the analytics of what they didn't like offensively. I don't know. But it is curious as to why he was not dealt at the deadline. I I find that really fascinating as to why you would look at a guy that is one of the preeminent catchers in the game right now um, in terms of what he can do offensively and the fact that he hits right-handed pitching. And I think think that's something that's important, too, from the Cardinals' perspective. But why wasn't he dealt? I I find that really curious. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, By the way, don't get Kerry started on the analytics, apparently. uh, (laughs) I I heard that it can be pretty rough if if you do. Uh, well, Kerry, i got to tell you, the U Darvish spin rates from yesterday's <laughs> game were awesome. <laughs> Danny, it's great to hear your voice. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, and uh, have uh, a great week, and we'll see you at uh, the, your first Billikens game. All right, looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dan. See you later. That is Danny Mack joining us, as he does every Monday, here on 101 ESPN.